1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, Week 9 is upon us, and it, it does feel a little bit strange because we actually have a game. You know, we're going to preview some Week 9 games. We have a Week 9 game to recap as well. Maction is back, baby. Maction is back. And so just to get that started, Toledo 38, Bowling Green 3. We told you to take the Rockets minus the 22. Hopefully you listened and didn't fade Joey on that one.
0: If you're new to the show and you're wondering why we're recapping a Bowling Green game, it's because there are two noted ACC alums, Brian Van Gorder, as well as Scott Leffler, both on the Bowling Green coaching staff. And as you guys know, we have a Brian Van Gorder Memorial. You tried award, which we came up with when Brian Van Gorder was in the ACC coaching with various teams because his teams would, you know, his teams defensively would never be any good.
1: Mm -hmm, And, mm
0: -hmm. uh, that continues to be the case at Bowling Green and I don't think things are changing this year because you know what happened in the opener Joey Toledo ran the ball 52 times for 310 yards averaging six yards a clip had a touchdown on the ground and Toledo's quarterback Eli Peters went 20 of 32 for 214 yards and four touchdowns
1: meanwhile Bowling Green quarterback Matt McDonald goes 8 for 30 for 128 and two picks there's a lot going on with that line, Mike. Um, yep. Uh, so, and in, in as we mentioned in the, in the preview, um, if, if you were wondering if continuity is maybe helping out this Bowling Green defense a little bit, you know, another year under Brian Van Gorder, spoiler alert, it's not. So... Right. <laughs> go Eagles. Go ACC to that.
0: I, I was going to say the uh, the Mid-American Conference uh, Kobe, Kobe Bryant Memorial Volume Shooter of the Week goes to <laughs> Matt McDonald for his 8-of-30, 128-and-2 pick performance. 4.4 4 QBR, Joey.
1: That is fascinating, because it's also like 4 yards per attempt, but like, what is that, like 15 yards per completion? Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's a wild line, and Solid Verbal used to have that bit with Cole McDonald at Hawaii. You know, they would mm-hmm. say, oh, Cole, Cole McDonald has an arm, E-I-E-I-O. Um, <laughs> Matt McDonald <laughs> will not be confused. With Cole McDonald. Ugh. Just like Rex Pepper at Syracuse will not be confused with Dante Culpepper, Joey. So absolutely. Got another one of those situations going on here.
1: So a big go ACC to our favorite failing up ACC coordinator, Scott Leffler, and <laughs> also Brian Van Gorder. Go ACC to it, both of them and their team. It
0: looked, it looked like a Scott Leffler offense last night for Bowling Green. That's not a compliment either. That is not a compliment. <laughs> There's a reason why he's now coaching at Bowling Green.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mike, I think that's enough on Maction. Uh, you want to talk about ACC <laughs> games?
0: Agreed. Let's move on to ACC. The more interesting of the two conferences.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we are recording this Thursday morning, and Mike, that's actually significant and, and good, and we actually lucked out on this one a little bit, because Wednesday evening we got news that uh, we would not have seven games to preview this week. We would only have six. Uh, turns out there's a little bit of a COVID outbreak going on at Louisville, and so that game with Virginia has been postponed. It will not be played this week. They're aiming to hopefully play it next week. It feels a little bit dicey to me I don't know uh, we'll see if it if they can actually get that thing you know ready to go by next week we'll see but for now we do have six games this week Mike it's an interesting slate we have a potential game of the year candidate uh, that we're going to see Saturday evening but Mike before we do that we need to preview our Friday night game we haven't we have some a uh, little bit of you know casual weeknight game going
0: we do. And, and real quick, just a note on that Louisville-UVA cancellation, that breaks a string of five straight weeks of uninterrupted ACC football. So this is the first postponement in a while due to COVID, which is a good thing, but also an unfortunate
1: thing for Louisville's program. But yeah, and anyway, that was something I had thought about, too, is I felt like it's been a while. You know, there were a couple things early in the season, but yeah, the ACC has been doing pretty well, so you know, it sucks to break that streak, but still kind of a testament that as other programs around the country have kind of had sporadic things going on, ACC programs have been able to kind of fight that off. So that's, that's a good exactly. thing, I think. Exactly. So, um, you know, best of luck to Louisville. Hopefully they can get that under control. Hopefully everybody's safe and, and happy and healthy um, here very soon. Um, and we'll see if they can get that game played next week. We'll, we'll have to find out.
0: Yeah, hopefully for all involved
1: they can play. Absolutely. Mike, let's jump in on Week Nine here in the ACC. Uh, Friday night at seven thirty on ESPN, we're going to get a weeknight game of the Miami Hurricanes, the number eleven Miami Hurricanes, a ten and a half point favorite on the road, taking on the NC State Wolfpack. Total is fifty-nine. That's a pretty aggressive total. I kind of feel like for you know as good as Miami's been on defense, and maybe a little iffy as NC State is on offense at times. With you know, we're not sure if we're getting Devin Leary back. I don't think we are. Uh, Mike, you like the Canes in this game?
0: Yeah, I do. That seems like an aggressive total, though, considering, too, that Miami didn't play last week.
1: Mm-hmm. And that could
0: be either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the the most interesting storyline here is how will Miami's passing attack fare against NC State's passing defense? So. Miami is averaging 7.8 yards per play through the air. Uh, NC State is kind of sitting right in the middle of the conference in passing defense yards per play. They're allowing seven yards per play through the air. And we talked about Miami and how they've kind of struggled running the football lately. Um, And now they find themselves near the bottom of the conference in rushing yards per play, which is surprising considering the start they got off to this year. And I I think the story of this game will – ultimately be whether or not NC state can generate enough stops against Miami's passing attack. Uh, because I think the issue that NC state's going to have here is that Bailey Hawkman has been so hot and cold throwing the football. They've had a really nice rushing attack, uh, but they've been so hot and cold throwing the football that I wonder if Miami generates turnovers in this game. And again, turnovers, there's always an element of luck involved with turnovers, but going up against a good Miami defense, uh, Efficiency will be at a premium here. And NC State with Bailey Hawkman has proved to be a less efficient offense than when Devin Leary is on the field playing quarterback. So I think this is a potential situation where NC State has trouble moving the football a little bit or maybe presses too much, tries to throw it, put in the air too much because NC State, the strength of their team is running the football. Uh, they've done a really nice job of that this year with Ricky Person and BM Knight. But I think the issue that they could run into in this game is if Miami stops the run and they force NC state to throw the ball more than they want to with Bailey Hawkman, you know, what does the offense look like for NC state at that point? Because I'm, I'm much less confident in NC state's offense uh, through the air than I am on the ground, you know, on the Mm -hmm. ground, they've been great through the air, not so much. And
1: at least under Hawkman,
0: at least under Hawkman. Now with Devin Leary, it's a different story, but with Hawkman playing quarterback, it's, it's been a little bit tougher to move the ball through the air and Miami, I think, can generate enough plays offensively against NC State's defense to kind of score enough to steer clear of NC State here. So, yeah, I'm I'm taking Miami um, ten and a half. Seems like a lot coming off a of bye week. I, I'm not sure I'd I'd touch the line there, but I think Miami
1: wins outright. I I tend to agree. I I would I don't know I could say this this could be potential upset territory I'm not going to completely write off NC State from a, a win percentage here I am I am going to take the Wolfpack plus the 10 and um, I, I, a half home dog getting 10 and a half like this uh, both teams coming off a bye I think NC State's I, I, I figure a, a bit of a lower scoring game here I, I don't think NC State is going to just go light up the scoreboard and I don't know how much I can trust Miami to do that either um, right so I, I, I do like the under yeah I definitely like the under I, I'm going to make that an official pick um. Uh, so I I don't I don't think that NC State pulls it off, but I do think they keep it close here. I, I think this is a, a closer yeah. competitive, um, you know, a, a defensive struggle of a game, and and just I mean fundamentally, Mike, it, at some point, like I I'm not real interested in giving ten and a half points with Miami, like they haven't really been getting a lot of separation from much of anybody they've played this year.
0: Right. I mean, they've looked like a better team in a lot of their games, but they haven't pulled away.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, they beat Virginia by 5, beat Pitt by 12, I guess. You know, they got separation on Florida State, and Florida State was, like, in total, you know, devastation meltdown. mode. Yeah, meltdown right. mode. So, yeah, give me NC State to keep this thing close. I I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of points either way. I think NC State's defense shows up pretty nicely here. It, it is ner- nerve-wracking, I guess, because, yes, the the way that NC State is going to reliably move the ball here is on the ground – but Miami's defense real good at stopping the run and as soon as Bailey Hawkman has to start throwing it a bunch a i don't know how accurate of a thrower he is just on, on right. in a base level and b i get real nervous about a couple of turnovers you know giving a couple of easy scores to Miami and you know this thing can kind of get out of hand that that is on the table from a game script standpoint
0: yeah i think that's i think that's fair um i won't be touching the line i think the unders is a good play though so i'll take the under
1: You'll take the under official play. Got, so, what's the official pick here against the spread?
0: Uh, official pick against the spread. I will take. You talk me into NC State. I'll take NC State. I think Miami could win by like nine or ten, yep. and be the better team all throughout. And NC State could still cover.
1: I was going to say win by like seven or something like that. Uh, right. You know, win Miami score. wins.
0: I, I don't think. I don't think Miami gets upset by NC State. I don't. I, I think Miami wins. I don't think they get upset. I think it could be another situation, like against UVA, where it was clear Miami was a better team, but they could never really pull away.
1: Yep. All right, NC State in the under looks to be the pick from both of us, but I, I think the under a lot more attractive than the spread here. Um, Definitely. So, Yep. from a betting perspective, there you go. Mike, 7.30 p.m. on Saturday on NBC, the game of the year in the ACC. The number one Clemson Tigers, a five-and-a-half-point road favorite, at your number four, Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, total is fifty-two. Trevor Lawrence not playing. You uh, you good with DJ Uyunglele going into South Bend here and, and leading the Tigers to victory, or is this where the winning streak comes to an end? This is a tough one
0: because I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think Clemson's issue, uh, in the last few games anyway, has been their defensive backs have struggled in man coverage. It's something I've talked about repeatedly on this podcast and teams are going to be able to expose that down the line. So it's Notre Dame, the team to expose that. I mean, Boston college, I thought did a pretty nice job moving the football through the air last week. I think Ian book is every bit as good as Phil Kovac is, and probably even better from an efficiency standpoint, but you know, Notre Dame doesn't really have a receiver like Zay flowers on their team. Right. And maybe, maybe they do from a talent standpoint, but that guy hasn't broken out yet. Um, Now, Notre Dame does have a couple of tight ends. Uh, I mean, Michael Mayer is technically a receiver, but he looks like a tight end. And then Ben Skoranek, who has been kind of a revelation for them. And they're both guys who can kind of fit into the mold of what Hunter Long is for Boston College. So I I think that helps Notre Dame. I just don't know if the Irish are going to be able to run the ball as well as they'd like against this Clemson front. And if they have to put the ball in the air a bunch, I think that could prove to be effective against Clemson's secondary, but I don't want to over—I don't want to like overstate that either, because I think if Clemson takes away the run and Notre Dame's unpredictable passing situations, I mean, Clemson still has athletes in their secondary. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're this mm-hmm. terrible secondary, but they're more vulnerable in man coverage than we've seen them in a while. Yeah. So, I think there's there's certainly a path for Notre Dame offensively to move the ball and score some points in this game. Uh, but they need to do something really well that they haven't done consistently all year, and that's throw the football at, at a good clip. I mean, Book's been effective. He's, had, he's got a high completion percentage, but I, I struggle seeing Notre Dame's receivers consistently get open against this Clemson secondary, and I'm not sure Notre Dame's going to have a ton of success running the football. On the flip side, Notre Dame's defense has been really good, and I think having a true freshman going to South Bend uh, is you know a tough ask. But Clemson also has Travis <laughs> Yep. And he's a game-breaker. Yep, And it always helps having him on your side. So I think this is a good game. I think it's a competitive game. I think, and I probably wouldn't have thought this a few weeks ago because of the way Notre Dame was playing, but I think even with Trevor Lawrence, Notre Dame would be in a decent spot to keep this more competitive than a lot of people think, just the way Clemson's defense has looked the last few weeks. Yep. um, And the way Notre Dame's offense has actually played the last few weeks, I, I feel a little bit better about, Notre Dame than mm-hmm. I than I did maybe a month ago, and I don't feel as good about Clemson's defense as I did a month ago. Yeah. So I think Clemson wins. I think they cover. I think Notre Dame keeps it within ten. I don't have a thought on the over under Clemson. It looks like favored by about five and a half at this point. Yeah. Um. I I I don't have. I, I think Clemson covers that spread. I think Notre Dame keeps it within ten points and is very competitive. I just I have to see it to believe that Notre Dame's going to upset the top team in the country right now yeah it's they haven't done it I mean they just haven't done it and they they need to do it they, they've been very good against teams they should beat and they've been they've been one of the best teams in the country against really good teams but against the elite competition like Clemson who they've seen multiple times over the past few years it just hasn't panned out for them they, so I need to see it before I believe it so that's why I'm taking Clemson
1: yeah and and, and I would say too like it's not that Notre Dame hasn't even been competitive with the best of the best. I mean, they have. They went into Sanford Stadium in Athens last year and played a competitive game against Georgia. They didn't win. Damn
0: near one. Damn near one. They <laughs>
1: almost, but they didn't. Yeah. You know, previously in the playoff playing against Clemson, they they were competitive for a while, had a key injury, and then it kind of fell apart on them. But it was competitive for the entire – you know, it was close. I think it was like 3 to nothing at halftime or something like that. Like, it was – really, really close for the first 20, 25 minutes of that game, and then the whole thing just kind of unwound on them. Um, I mean, the number of times that we've seen Notre Dame in these big spots against the very top teams under Brian Kelly of the last five, six, seven years, like, they've gotten really close in a lot of these cases, but they've never really fully gotten it done. And to some degree, that's kind of what I look at here is, like, I I can't pick Notre Dame to win if I haven't seen him do it in this spot. Right. Um, that's where I'm at, too. Yep. You know, um I, I do get a, It is interesting to me, and one of the things that we noticed about DJ DJ um, DJU, last week <laughs> against Boston College was he was he was really good throwing the football on you know from about eleven thirty to three o'clock on the on the clock <laughs> of the field. He was pretty god awful throwing the ball from nine o'clock to eleven thirty. You know, throwing the ball to his left. I don't yeah. know what it was, but that ball kept sailing over receivers' heads and it was just completely inaccurate. And then anywhere else right. it was great. Right. So, so I'm curious to watch that and see if Notre Dame does something to try to exploit that. Um I I'm not convinced with DJU just yet. I it makes me nervous picking Clemson to, to go in and win, you know, against a really good, really, you know, fired up team on the road, all this stuff with a guy at quarterback that I'm not fully sold on just yet. But I think I got to do it. I yeah. think I got to do it, and and certainly, yeah. Mike. In in almost any case, if if you're giving me Clemson against almost anybody inside of a touchdown, I think I'll probably take them.
0: Taking him, yeah.
1: So give me Clemson to cover yeah. five and a half. Total is fifty two, as you mentioned. I mean, the implied score there is something like twenty nine, twenty three. I don't have I don't have a feeling on that either way.
0: Yeah, it's we've seen one full game of DJU, and. He looked good in that game, yeah. for the most part, and I just, but but again, he he also didn't play Notre Dame's defense either. Yeah, right. Notre Dame's defense is much better than Boston College's defense, so I just have a really hard time. I have a really hard time betting on this game in general because of that. Um, because if Notre Dame produces a couple turnovers with short fields, I, I think the offense is good enough to score in those situations. So, this could potentially get a little sideways for Clemson, but I can also see a path where. Clemson wins by like 10 to 14 points and Notre Dame's competitive, but Clemson makes just a couple more plays. I I could see that too. This is, I think it's really going to be a good game. And I think I would have thought that even with Trevor Lawrence, just because of the issues I have with Clemson right now, aren't really offensively. It's, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's defensively. Um, maybe you take a few DJU turnovers or potential turnovers out of it. If you're, if you got Trevor Lawrence on the field, maybe that swings the point spread a little bit, but I, I just think from, uh, where Notre Dame can exploit Clemson is against that secondary. And yeah. I don't think that change, that doesn't change if whether or not you have Trevor Lawrence it just doesn't.
1: Right. I, and that's the other thing too, though, is that I, I feel like the way to beat Clemson is kind of what you saw from Boston college is, you know, run the ball effectively and then just at some point take some deep shots and just start hucking it. Yeah. Like, and, and that was what you saw from Boston college. They ran the ball, they slowed the game down. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're throwing it over their heads to Zay flowers and, somehow uh, an uncoverable hunter long like and and not that he's like fast and has a bunch of wiggle and all this it's just like everyone forgets that he's there somehow I don't know how this works but anyways besides the point um yeah it's it's the thing is that we know that Notre Dame can run the ball effectively and that's that's good for you know again for the, the formula for beating Clemson but I I don't trust that deep passing game to then hit some big shots over the top and keep Clemson off off balance I just don't we haven't seen him do that, so yeah. I don't trust him to be able to do that. So I, I'm with you. Give me Clemson to cover here. Um, I mean, could you see Notre Dame winning this game?
0: I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, it certainly could. Notre, Notre Dame's – like, they're a really good team. Yeah. I mean, they're really good. I mean, people want to – this is something I want to bring up real quick. People are out there saying, well, if Notre Dame wins this game, like, it doesn't really count because Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence. That's not Notre Dame's fault.
1: Yeah. It I counts. mean, you
0: can't it, – it counts. I mean – Clemson's got a five star quarterback they're plugging in. I don't feel too bad for Clemson. Yep. Like, it sucks you don't have Trevor Lawrence, but you still have the best running back in the country in your backfield. Yeah. Like, figure, it, figure it out. Nobody's going to feel sorry for Clemson.
1: Yeah. No, no. Nobody I feels don't care sorry how much. If, if I don't you lose much, your five star quarterback, replace him with another five star quarterback. Right. And he's having a rough game, you got to re- replace him with another five star quarterback.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, when you have three of those on your roster, it really helps. And look, I, I get people hate Notre Dame. I understand that. People are just going to hate Notre Dame. to hate Notre Dame. But. If they beat Clemson. The story, the narrative can't change to, oh well, Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence, and and I can understand why people are going to jump to that. But if Notre Dame wins, they win, and you can't hold that against them.
1: Yeah, yep. And I and, and I, I I was laughing when you gave your answer originally because you said like, you know, it's not impossible. As if like, it it sounded like it, it almost might be a little bit impossible. Like it, <laughs> like it would be some major upset, and it's like. No, like I I could totally see Notre Dame winning the game. Like that's completely on the table. Like we could have an upset for sure.
0: Yeah, they're like twenty nine and three in their last thirty two games. Notre Dame, like they're they're really good, but they haven't
1: beaten Clemson yet. Yeah, that's right. To be the man, you got to beat the man. All right, Clemson. No thoughts on the total. Let's move on, Mike. Four o'clock on the ACC network. The Pittsburgh Panthers are a two point underdog in Tallahassee, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Total is 50 in this game. Both these teams coming off a bye week. Uh, you going to watch this game, Mike? Do I have to? Uh, maybe, from a research perspective. From a, a morbid curiosity perspective, perhaps.
0: This might be one of those games I just kind of check in on, and then I watch the condensed game later.
1: <laughs> yeah. This, this might be the, uh, the cover your eyes special of the week. All right, here's a question. Is this Pitt's get right game? I don't know. I don't know what to do here. Are we getting Kenny Pickett back, or is he done? Uh, oh, quick Google. Let's that's see. A uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Kenny Pickett still not running on injured ankle. Joe Yellen, again, expected to start for Pitt.
0: Uh, this is like the the battle of two teams who are just terrible at a lot of different stuff.
1: Uh, well, yeah, so <laughs> like, like the best thing in this game... We would say is probably Pitt's run defense.
0: Yeah, and that's really the only way Florida State can run can move the ball is running it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just going to hold my nose and take Pitt, Joey, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say that Pittsburgh generates enough stops on Florida State's rushing offense, and I don't necessarily trust Jordan Travis and the receivers to make enough plays through the air against Pitt's defense. Yeah, um, I, I I don't trust Pitt's passing defense either. I don't want to say that. I do because they're bad, but Florida State's passing offense also pretty bad.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: this is hold your nose, take Pittsburgh, and just trust that Florida State can't move the ball effectively and that Pitt can move it a little bit better. The over/unders fifty. I'm taking the under. Yeah, that's way way. I'm going way under here. Maybe we end up being surprised because it's twenty twenty, but I just don't see any way these teams get to fifty.
1: Yeah, no. I yeah, I don't think it gets particularly close. I'm not sure it gets into the forties. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, yeah, and that's. I'm trying to find something to latch onto here, and I'm just having such a time of it. Uh, we mentioned that Pittsburgh. We mentioned on the mailbag Pittsburgh. Uh, they're probably their best player in their secondary. Paris Ford has opted out for the rest of the year, so a defense that's already struggled to defend the pass now has lost probably their best best player in pass defense. So that's not not ideal. Um, Mike, these two teams are a combined three and seven against the spread this year. Um, so I, neither one particularly good at covering, uh, you know, slight underdog on the road doesn't really help me. Um, as mentioned again, Florida state really only reliably moves the ball running it. Pitt, Pittsburgh only really reliably can defend the run. I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I I'm, I don't want to take either of these teams, but if I have to, <laughs> if I have to, yeah, I guess, I guess give me Pittsburgh, um, no, 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 no. You know what, Mike? You know what? Florida State, new coach, coming off a bye week. Like, figured they've been improving a little bit. Maybe they figured something out. We're gonna take Florida State. Go Florida State. Go Knowles. We're gonna we're gonna lay the two and say that they yeah. win outright at home and uh, and cover two. Might be a close game. Might be low scoring. I, I'm with you on the under. Give me the under for sure. Um, yeah, let's take the Knowles.
0: Yeah, great, great point. Florida State looked real improved against Louisville,
1: I thought. Yeah. You, you saw the, you know, they scored a touchdown late in that game. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Florida State. If I'm expecting one of these teams got significantly better during their bye week, it's probably Florida State, right? Like, Just pick the new guy. Pittsburgh's <laughs> got the same coaching staff they've had for years, and they haven't really gotten all that much better. So, like, a bye week isn't going to help them, where... You know, you've seen a couple of flashes lately from Florida State. I'm just trying to talk myself into this, really, Mike. Uh, yeah,
0: you don't like how things are going. Just pick the new guy. That's with, right, uh, Mike Norvell. Whatever. I, I can't say that you're wrong because I have no idea how this is going to go. Um, for anybody who watches it, it'll probably go poorly. So
1: write this down. We need to. I need to spend some time in the off season going through and putting together a supercut of all the times that I have confidently picked Florida State on this podcast, only to be burned by it. Because it's. I mean. It, <laughs> I have this like weird fascination with Florida State that I'm like constantly picking them to win and cover these games, and yet it rarely works out in my favor. It feels like
0: that'd be quite the mashup.
1: Yeah, quite quite yeah. the mashup. So I'm on Florida State. You're on Pittsburgh. We're both on the under. That's that's a a pick of the week candidate right there. So we'll we'll put a pin in that and come back to it here in a minute. Yeah, agree. Noon on ESPN two. Mike, the newly unranked North Carolina Tar Heels, a ten and a half point favorite on the road, taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Total is sixty four. Mike, give me Duke. Give me Duke. Wow. Yeah. Really. Me, not well. Not outright, but give me Duke to cover. Yeah. Ten and a half points. That's a lot. And I mean, North Carolina is zero and three against the spread on the road this year. They aren't covering much of anything. I think Duke is gonna do a couple things to kind of keep this thing close. So I'll take I'll take North Carolina to win, but give me give me Duke to keep it close. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Home, home dog, Mike. Home dogs. Good bets against the spread this year. Yeah. It doesn't have to make sense. It just
0: ten and a half is a lot of points. <laughs> I I think I I don't trust North Carolina either. I mean, don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, uh, you've been a North Carolina skeptic for a long time now.
0: Yeah, it's hard for me to be skeptical against Duke though. They're so bad. Uh,
1: they beat <sighs> Charlotte. Give me
0: I think Carolina wins. Yeah, they did. I mean, Duke's. Uh, look if, if Duke's defense here here's the path for Duke covering here Joey if Duke's rushing defense finds a way to slow down North Carolina's rushing attack um and put some pressure on Sam Howell and, and it's a lot of ifs <laughs> I think Duke keeps this competitive um North Carolina's defense is bad so I think Chase Bryce can throw against it just no matter how many times he throws it to the wrong colored team
1: mm, that's uh, always on the table with him yes it's
0: always on the table at least one to two times a week so, I, I think North Carolina wins and covers. Get right game for the offense. Defense plays well against Chase Bryce. Give me North Carolina.
1: So the other thing I looked up here, and I, I was going to bring this up too, is that this this rivalry historically has not been a, a blowout filled rivalry. You know, there, there's been a couple of games, you know, in the last ten years or so that have gotten a little bit out of hand. You know, outside of ten and a half, we'll say. But, I mean, last year, this is a three-point win for North Carolina. Year before that, seven-point win for Duke. Ten-point win for Duke before that. One-point win for Duke before that. And then it was 66-31 in 2015 for UNC. You know, so there's a couple of those. But 2013 is a two-point win for Duke. 2012, three-point win for Duke. Like, as much as we, we just look at this, this UNC team and think, well, they're obviously better than Duke. Sometimes in this rivalry, like, that hasn't really mattered that much. Like, this this has historically been a pretty competitive game more years than not. So, again, with a big spread like that and North Carolina and their bad track record covering on the road, I don't know necessarily how it's going to happen, but I'm just telling you right now, Mike, I think Duke's covering in this game. That's – I can't explain it. <laughs> Totals, That's Total 64 fine. here, by the way, too.
0: That, I think goes over.
1: Kind of a lot of points. I don't know if I'd really love Duke to, like, score with him that way, but – you know, we'll see. Um, so just a, just a lean on the over for you? I'm
0: actually going to make an official play. Both defenses. Have, I mean, North Carolina's defense has been secretly kind of garbage. Yeah. And <laughs> Duke's defense isn't very good either. Mm-hmm. And, um, look, it, I, look for Duke's path to win, it's going to have to be under. Because I, I agree with you. Like, the premise that Duke can score North Carolina and win the game in a high-scoring contest, I don't buy. Right. I do think they can win a lower-scoring game, though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if Duke wants to cover, I think it's imperative this total stays under. Yeah. Um, but I, I think North Carolina wins. I think they cover. I think the total goes over.
1: For what it's worth, Bill C. SP Plus has North Carolina by sixteen. So, <laughs> yeah. that's probably worth noting. Um, that is that is worth noting. I don't know that I can really recommend betting this with actual currency, but you know, it's your currency. So do what you will with it. I guess. <laughs>
0: I got burned by North Carolina last week when I bet them against UVA. I'm mm-hmm. not going to bet on them this weekend because of that.
1: Yep, I think that's probably the so, right move. Yep, Mike at two o'clock. I swear to you, I, I read that right. That is actually there we have a two o'clock ESPN three game between conference opponents this weekend. So 2020 just continues, you know, bringing the shots here. Uh, the Boston College Eagles, a 14 point road favorite in the Carrier Dome, taking on the Syracuse Orange, Mike. This is like letdown spot of the year for Boston College going to the Carrier Dome. And they're taking on a team that I am like sworn to fade for the rest of this season. So this is like the movable object versus the, you know, the stoppable force. I don't know which way to go with this because I I could see a great reason to bet against either of these teams.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Syracuse to cover here. Um, you mentioned the letdown spot for Boston College. Also, Boston College. I mean, the way they move the football most effectively is through the air. Um, and Syracuse's passing defense, for as bad as Syracuse's defense has been as a whole this year, their passing defense hasn't been that bad. Um, their defense as a whole has been okay. It, it's been the it's been the offense that's been just objectively terrible on a week to week basis.
1: Yeah, downright dreadful, really.
0: Yeah, and like. I the defensive statistics aren't spectacular, but I think considering how poor the offense has played, I think if you're a Syracuse fan, you're generally okay with how the defense has played this year in totality. Um, and, and I think they would be able to improve upon some of the numbers they have statistically from a yards-per-play standpoint if they weren't on the field so goddamn much. <laughs> um, I mean, they're just on the field. It feels like every time I watch Syracuse, I'm just watching them play defense.
1: Yep. yep.
0: Um, and I, I think that's, that's a reason why... They don't always come in looking great at the end of the day, um, defensively. Yeah, and you know some of it's skill, talent, and deficiencies there. Some of it's losing Andre Sisco at the back end of the defense. That's huge. But by the way, I just
1: Trill Williams also from their secondary opted out last night. So there's that too. That's not great.
0: That's not great. Um, it's a new piece of information. I'm still gonna take Syracuse. <laughs> I'm still gonna take Syracuse to cover. Yeah, I think BC wins, but it is a letdown spot. It's one of those gross two o'clock games, which I mean, we don't see those very often. Yeah, and it's on the road at the Carrier Dome. Weird things happen there.
1: Yep, that's for sure. Um, I'm going to take Boston College here, mostly yeah. because I already wrote it on my notepad and pen. Um, and that was while I was really just thinking through the fade Syracuse. Like, I, my brain didn't need to process this anymore. <laughs> I just saw Syracuse in a game, and we're going to bet against them. Yeah, um,
0: words fade, Joey. Words fade, but writing
1: it in pen lasts forever. That's right. Yeah, um, important lessons to, to keep in mind here. Um, yeah, I, it, I mean, Boston College has been a cover machine this year. They're five and two against the spread, so that's a good sign. Um, Syracuse now missing another one of their in, you know important pieces in their secondary, so that's not great. Um, you know, I, I feel like again, Boston College, as hungover as they might be in this game. Like, they're still going to hit a couple deep shots to Zay Flowers at some point. That's just what, that's what they do. Um, and I just don't know that we can trust, especially against this defense, I don't know that we can trust Syracuse to move the ball and, and score much. So if I'm trying to make sense of it all, I guess I'll take Boston College. But, boy, 14, that's that's kind of a lot of points, Mike.
0: It does seem like a lot, and you're going on the road, and it's a letdown spot, but Syracuse is also real bad. Gosh.
1: So. Two touchdown favorites this year are 6-12 and 12 against the spread in ACC play.
0: Give me Syracuse. I feel like I
1: should be smarter than this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to hold my nose and take Boston College, and I'm going to look like a fool for it. So I look forward to recapping this game um, when, when I'm inevitably looking like an idiot.
0: I think I'd rather be on my side than yours because at least I can just say, like, rationally, let down spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Syracuse's passive defense not too terrible. Mm-hmm. So if I'm wrong, it's just like, all right, well, I mean, Boston College is a better team. I do think that. Yep. So I can hedge, Joey. I can hedge. <laughs> there you go. I don't know about the total. No idea about the total, by
1: the way. Fifty-two and a half. and um, Yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe under, <laughs> but that's, that's not that high of a number to begin with. And It so. isn't.
0: It isn't. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No idea. No clue. All right. Uh, I'm on Boston College. He's on Syracuse. Last one, Mike. At noon on the ACC Network, your Virginia Tech Hokies – a fourteen and a half point home favorite taking on the number twenty-five Liberty Flames. Uh, Mike, how are we uh, how are we feeling about your Hokies going to this game? A little nervous. Uh no. <laughs> Should I be? Um, I mean, you know, it depends on what we're talking about. I I don't th- I don't think this is like an upset special. I don't think that.
0: I I don't either. I mean, a lot of people might think that because they look at Liberty, they're like, oh my god, they're number twenty-five in the country, and. Okay, Joey. Let's take a look at who they played. What, <laughs> they played we? What, Shall we? Let's let's take tally here. Western Kentucky is two and five. Florida International, zero oh and three. North Alabama, zero oh and two. Louisiana Monroe, zero oh and seven. Syracuse, one and six. Southern Miss, one and five. <laughs> so, if you're doing the quick math at home, Liberty's opponents are combined four and twenty-six this season. Woof. Uh, Virginia Tech has as many wins as the six opponents Liberty has played so far combined. (laughs) All right, fair.
1: I like this analysis so far.
0: Give me the Hokies. Um, All right. They win. They win. They cover. Malik Willis is a nice story, and Liberty moves the football well. And I will say that if Virginia Tech puts on a Wake Forest performance, they can certainly get beat. Mm -hmm. But the caliber of competition that Virginia Tech has played compared to Liberty, just on paper, Techs played a much tougher schedule, even with a kind of up and down ACC. Yeah, this is just this is an easy spot. I, I think people are gonna say, "Oh, well, Liberty, they're ranked twenty five and they're six and And okay, okay,
1: yeah. I uh, Mike, I am gonna do something dumb. I am gonna do something dumb. You are G- picking Liberty, aren't you? Give me Liberty in the fourteen and a half. Uh, okay. I yeah, I don't think Virginia Tech gets upset here, but. Two touchdowns and a team that can score like Liberty can, and you know they're going to be fired up. This is like their Super Bowl kind of situation. Yeah. Um, SP Plus only has Virginia Tech by like eleven for what that's worth. Okay. So, I've got a couple of reasons there. Again, it might be a a later you know later in the game kind of backdoor cover situation potentially. Sure. But give me Liberty to cover two touchdowns and a hook. Um, I, I think it's a little closer than that, and I. It, I, I don't always feel comfortable picking this Virginia Tech team this year, like, and especially ag- against a, a big number <laughs> like this. Like, I right. don't really trust them to run away and hide with games. Um, right, that's I mean, fair. The last two games was a seven point win at Louisville and a seven point loss to Wake Forest. Yeah. So like, I get it. Now, again, it's Liberty, and yes, they're ranked, but as you mentioned, the, uh, the quality competition so far has not been a uh, a real murderer's row, you might say.
0: Yeah, I mean the. Uh, yeah, and like take Liberty's opponents aside. like Liberty's offenses look pretty good, and Virginia Tech's defense is susceptible to giving up chunk plays. Yeah. And this is a Liberty offense that has playmakers on the outside, good enough players in the backfield, and a quarterback in Malik Willis who can do it all. Yep. And, yeah, it's against lesser competition, but that doesn't mean they're not totally capable of putting up some points here. And Virginia Tech's defense, it's been a work in progress. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's the path for Liberty, and it would take an off game for the Virginia Tech offense to get outright upset, but we're just two Saturdays removed from that taking place. Yeah. So uh, the path is there for Liberty to cover, but I just think the caliber of competition Liberty has faced, I think that's given them a little too much value. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think I think Virginia Tech should, in theory, be 17 to 20 points better than Liberty. But we'll see. I mean, Virginia Tech's been hot and cold all year against the spread. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Well, and keep in mind, too, I don't know if it was two or three weeks ago that this Liberty team hung 38 on Syracuse. like, And, and that's a Syracuse yeah. defense that we've said is is okay. Like They're not bad. Um, yeah, and we both picked Liberty in that game. Yep, sure did. Sure did. Um, I, I'm going to be interesting too, interested, too, to kind of keep an eye on this from a perspective of two weeks from now, Liberty goes to NC State. So we get to see them again here in a couple of weeks because um, that's the only out-of-conference team that the ACC wants to play, apparently. So, Yeah. So, give me Liberty, Mike. But more importantly, Mike, the number, 67 and a half. I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. I think this is a shootout, old-fashioned style. Over. Yep. Give me the over. And, Mike, you know what? Lock that bad boy up. That's my pick oh. of the week. Oh! You
0: better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please.
1: Absolutely. Lock that bad boy up, Mike. That's a bold pick. Yeah? That is a bold. I mean... Stanford Steve likes it. I mean... Uh yeah if so, that's the justification could, i need what could possibly go wrong then oh man what uh, could possibly go wrong yeah uh, our picks I'll, of the I week mean, this year have been so so awful Anyways.
0: yeah i'm i to be fair i, I lean over with you but I, i'm not gonna lock it up
1: um fair enough But
0: yeah i can see it going over
1: all right fair enough lean over then for mike i'm making my my overpick the uh, the pick of the week uh mike that's all we've got from a game's perspective for this weekend. Is there, a, is there a pick here that you would like to lock up in particular?
0: Joey, I got a pick. Yeah? Florida State and Pitt. Yeah? Under 50. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please.
1: It's really just about playing the sound at this point, Mike.
0: I, I, yeah, it really is. I mean, for all for all of you wedding crashers fans out there, Joey and I love that movie so much, so it was imperative that we put that sound in.
1: Yeah, that was that was can't miss. Yeah, so under fifty. I, I love that too. That is also very much was always pick of the week territory. Um, yeah, do not see that being a high scoring game. So, all right, Mike. Well, there we have it. There's there's week nine. Uh, anything else before we get out of here and go watch some games?
0: I just want to say that Wedding Crasher sound is second to only the Adam Sandler Big Daddy sound that we played a few podcasts ago <laughs> with the, uh, you know, rough spot in my life right now, Syracuse is 0-3.
1: Yeah, and I think Syracuse might be 0-3 since we brought that in, so yeah, it's so. <laughs> still relevant.
0: Yeah, th- so it's just an excuse for us to play this sound, Joey.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, Mike, um, let's work on getting out of here. Uh, we are going to come back and recap these games on Sunday. In the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, to the longest email address, no demand, Basketball Podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or whatever their podcast platform is called these days. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Uh, We are approaching Joe Rogan status on Spotify, but not quite there. So share us with a couple more of your friends, if you could. (laughs) Please. So we can make the money that he's making from Spotify. That would be great. Um, Yeah, we can retire. Yeah, (laughs) Be done. Uh, Mike, you want to tell me where they can find us on the social medias?
0: facebook facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review find all of our
1: podcasts there joey please do please do appreciate those who have and again thanks for sharing us with your friends thank you for all the ratings and the reviews it is very very helpful for us as we continue to try to grow this thing and build our community here so uh, appreciate those who have yep mike you want to uh, come back and recap some games on sunday yeah let's do it man all right well enjoy the action and we will talk then yep all right Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC.